welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's going on? Today uh, should be a rip your pants off real quick and put them back on kind of show. Um, that's a great analogy. That probably is the worst analogy I could have gone because, like, it sounds like I'm getting excited about something, but this literally is the worst position in the NFL. There's like two guys that are good, and um, and Rick and I are gonna have nothing to talk about for about twenty minutes. Yep, just pretty much. It's like the coaches' show, except there's a lot of crap to talk about. Bro, I, what was there like three, four head coaching changes in the NFL? Cardinals? Uh, five, I think. Because last year was like ten. Yeah, there wasn't there's that a lot. There wasn't that many. Um, yeah, Cardinals, Texans, Colts, Colts, Panthers. I'm gonna see if I can remember all of them. Arizona. Who's the last? One? There's Gannon. one more, I think. What is the guy's first name? Jonathan Gannon. Yes. Oh my god, guy! You sent me that video, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is more cringy than the hello from Mike this, McDaniel to Tua." Yeah. And I want to yep. give him the benefit of the doubt, but the guy looks so like. Oh. Oh yeah, that, I. I feel like he's he might be this year's. I I don't know if you know. Nathaniel Hackett is such a low bar that I feel like any new coach can be better than that. But if there's going to be a coach that gets fired after year one, I think it could be. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm just kind of like I'm, I'm. I'm. It. There's something that astounds me about the NFL sometimes, and like how hard it is for GMs and managers and owners to figure it out. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm not. I don't feel like I would do a good job, but at least I wouldn't hire Jonathan Gannon. He would have walked in and introduced himself like that, and I would have been like, leave. But who knows, bro? Maybe he's, you know, look at Mike McDaniel. Maybe, maybe he's a I don't savant. think either of us would have hired Mike McDaniel, but he's... Well, at least he looks smart. Yeah. Well, Gannon oh. looks like an idiot, and he just got 41 points. What, what, how many did the Chiefs score? 35, uh, 38? A lot. Dropped yeah. on him in the Super Bowl, and they lost, and that was probably why they lost, because yeah. their defense was trash. Yep. So, good I mean, luck. It was the good Chiefs, luck, Arizona. People could, I saw somewhere where people compared him to when Patricia got hired. Because Patricia got hired and then gave up like forty in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But to be fair, Patricia gave up forty to Nick Foles. Gannon gave up forty to Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Yeah, that's thirty that's, something. There's something. There's a little bit of a difference those, there. Those but two things aren't. Yeah. The same. He's he. Uh, I, if I was a Cardinals fan, I'd definitely be very nervous. Yeah, that's not good. Can you uh, guess so, the last uh, one though? Colts with I, Steve Car- Sarkeesian. Okay. Oh, oh that, you know with the names too. Is right? that how you say that? I think it's Shane. Shane Steichen? Shane. <laughs> Thank you. Shane Steichen, maybe? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have not followed that closely. Because I remember the Texans guy, but now I don't. He's, he's the, a young he, guy he's from the, DC from the 49ers, correct? Yes, yep. Yeah, don't remember his name. We'll get into the coaches stuff, though, at some point. But you're missing um, one, because I was missing one, too. That's, like, the most obvious one. The Jets? No. I still got it. Sean Payton went to the Denver Broncos. Yes. Yes. That was the one that I was... So how many were there? There's five. I just named three. And I didn't even really name you named, them. You named four. 
No, well, the Jets one does. I mean, the uh, the Texans one doesn't count because you can't remember his name. Remember That's his okay, name. but you know, you know who he is. What was the other team? Do I, if I give you the team, is that giving it away? I, I don't think so. Panthers. They changed their coach. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I said I literally said this to you like five minutes ago. I I said who it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Frank Wright. Oh, that's right. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great find. Whatever they were doing with Indianapolis, that's an easy one. Yeah, the, both the people. Eagles coordinators got hired. So Shane Gannon or Shane Gannon. If uh, I walk into that room, like if I'm Frank Reich and they're like, hey, we're going to get Derek Carr, I'd be like, frick you. We're drafting a quarterback. I did this with Indianapolis. We're not playing this game. <laughs> the yep. first thing I say. Anyway, lots of coaching changes, lots of stuff moving around in the NFL. It's exciting to see um, a lot of the changes happen. Um, I'm not excited about the boring part. Like once you get to the draft and that's over, um, then Rick and I just sit in our, you know, houses and rooms and apartments and watch videos of DK Metcalf jumping six and a half feet in the air. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where things go. And then we just kind of, you know, like that. I remember one year, it just sticks out in my mind. One year, Dave Montgomery, rookie dudes, juking around trash cans, legit trash barrels. <laughs> And people on Twitter are just, I mean, I'm a Montgomery guy, but they were losing it. Like, you see how fast this guy is? You're all wrong. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Hey, bro, the the sauce hype worked, though. Remember all the sauce hype I was getting into? That's true. In in training camp? Oh, my God, yeah. And then he ended up being a top five corner as a rookie. Um, All I'm getting is videos of Mac Jones working out with this new quarterback strength coach. And oh boy. Uh, the, everyone's like, oh, my God, look at Mac working out. Looks great. And all I could see was his little paunch. Looks like he depression ate this year. You get where he got chubby? Slightly looks like. Go Google the videos. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad he's working out now. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I would I would eat. He said he's, uh, he's fond of ice cream. I would eat 10 bowls of ice cream if I had to work with Fatty Patty. That's true. Did you see uh, ESPN give their best free agent landing spots? Did like a big article. Okay. What do we got? Uh, the Patriots had two in the top 50. Oh, no. They had um, they had a, a Jaguars left. I think the Jaguars right tackle who's a free agent. Uh, apparently he's decent. He's not like great, but he's solid. Oh, cool. Um, decent left tackle. Right and then tackle. Jordan Poyer, the safety from the Bills, who's a stud. I like that, but um, why are we replacing old safeties with old safeties? <laughs> That's true, but how is he's got to be younger than McCordy? He's, he's thirty. He's thirty. Is he thirty? Yeah, he's he's like 29, yeah. 30 years old. I love uh, Poirier. Don't get me wrong; he's fantastic. He's just very old. He's thirty one. Oh, yeah. I'd probably stay away from That's that. That's a good signing, but that's like a short term signing. That's a one year. Yeah. I mean, McCourty is thirty five though. Holy cow! Yeah, he's old. He's he's very old. Um, if McCourty retires, I wouldn't mind signing Hoyer to a one or two year deal. But he's definitely old. He's faster, he's faster than McCourty. He is watching McCourty try to get places. He's so, like, he, I used to love Devin McCourty, but he is so washed. Like I, I kind of want him to stick around just for the uh, leadership point. 
point. point well, that's why we got Slater back. But anyway, we don't need them both. Hey, listen, I, I really should start a podcast just on the Patriots at this point. I know um, we could, but anyway, um, so today we're going to talk about the consistent tight ends, break down the tight end position, some guys that were really consistent, and talk about some guys that were not uh, so consistent. This should be a quick show just because there's there's usually like 10 tight ends in every league that are actually, I would say eight tight ends that are startable on a week-to-week basis, maybe, if that. Um, and then the rest are kind of just all fair game and streamable. Um, but I'm interested to dive into the numbers, see if there's any surprises, and, and uh, see if we can get some, some glean some information from some of this stuff. Uh, remember, this is based on happy PR, so if you're yelling at us in the comments about, oh, yeah. Uh, before yeah. we do that, check out our website, fantasygames.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on a podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have for us. Without further ado, let's jump into the consistent tight ends. We talked about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers already. So if you want to listen to those shows and go back, um, that's great. Um Get some of that information in your brain for drafting this year and see if see if it actually helps. I've started to shift a little. Like it, having consistent players is super important, especially mm. in the early rounds. Like having a guy like Christian McCaffrey who gets eighty eight percent of the time, <laughs> yes, a, at least a quality performance um, is very helpful. Uh, but I think this really only applies to top end players. Like I feel like you need two or three really consistent players on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um to hold your team up in case guys crap the bed. Um and then you you also need those guys like uh you know back in the day when Ty- Tyreek Hill first came on and he would have a 30 point game and then two ten, uh, two five point games in a row. Um, right. and it's like you need those players as well uh, to give you these big boom weeks. Uh, and take you over the top, but the consistent guys will carry you at least to right. you know victory in in some instances. So yeah, because if you have if you have a guy, if you have two guys that are getting, um, you know, let's call it eighteen point weeks, you got a running back and a receiver that gets you about eighteen to twenty points every single week, mm-hmm. and then you get a thirty point game out of some random dude, you're probably almost a guaranteed. That's probably almost a guaranteed win, right? Yeah. But even if that guy sucks, let's say he gets five points. You still got a good shot at winning because yeah, like, of your consistent players. If you're in a four-point touchdown league and your quarterback drops 40 points, I'd be hard-pressed to believe you lost the game. Right. <laughs> you tell me who your quarterback is and how many points they score. I'll tell you if you won. Um, but, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Like, you definitely want those consistent guys and then the boom guys. Um, I've seen this. I'm not, I'm not going to mention names here, but um, there's a guy in our home league that strategically drafts mostly boom players. Yeah. And the dude is always like 500. Yep. Around there. Ekes into the playoffs. And then the boom players carry him. It didn't happen this year. Did not happen this year. Had the opposite effect. It did have the opposite effect, which was bound to happen, but he won the chip two straight years. So, yeah. um, So, I mean, but that's that's the 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 risk you play. Like it's all for me. It's like get get into the dance, is the first step. So like I don't I don't really care like how my team's constructed until I know I'm in the playoffs. And then I mean I care about how my team's constructed, but I care more about regular season construction 
at first. And then once you're in the playoffs, then you can start focusing on, you know, other aspects of it. Cause you got to get there first. A lot of people just draft and they go, I'm going all the way. And they draft for weeks 15, 16 and 17 or whatever it is in, uh, in the draft. And it's like, okay, we don't even know what the defenses look like. Right. And Jordan Poirier goes to the Pats. Is it an easier matchup for you now? No. No shot. No shot. Pats had the best defense in the entire league. Never mind. All right, so let's talk about some tight ends. Um, A poor performance for a tight end is six points. A quality performance is six to 11 points. So if you get less than six points, you suck at tight end. Um, Yeah. If you get... You get six to eleven. You know, I would say around seven to eleven. Actually, quality performance is a good performance. You want that. That's why I keep telling Rick when I had T.J. Hawkinson when he was on the Vikings. Uh, I was like, oh, that's not even the right team. When he was on the Lions, um, I was like, you know, he gets seven, eight points a game even when he sucks. It carries me across oh, yeah. the finish line because a lot of people suck and they get poor performances. And then great performance, obviously, eleven points or more. These numbers can flux based on PPR to non-PPR, but this is based mm-hmm. on half PPR numbers. So we're as close as, to the middle as we can get. Um, number one, biggest guy on the list, most consistent every single year is Travis Kelsey, 76% of the time. He had 13 quality or great performances. The next closest guy, who I will not mention by name yet, had five less. Um, yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't even more, though. He had Travis Kelsey had more great performances than the second guy had quality performances. Right. So, I mean, I had quality and great performances combined. So Kelsey is obviously your above and beyond. And it, this is, a, this is one guy I would want to, he did have four bus games by the way, but this is one guy that I want to mention quickly because obviously we know Travis Kelsey's good. Rick and I were out a little bit and I don't know like this is one of those hindsight 2020 things, but now that I'm looking back, like how do we not how do we not make that mistake again? Because literally, I remember talking about this and just disregarding it in the off season. I don't know why I did it, but like Hill was gone. Who are they throwing it to? Right. We I think we put too much of an emphasis on age. So yeah, one was age for sure. That was just I definitely did that, and I think two. We also put too much of an emphasis on somebody will step up at receiver, whether it's Juju, Sky Moore, like somebody's mm-hmm. going to emerge. But really, it just went more to Kelsey. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey had 20 more targets than he did the year before. Right. So, and he had more touchdowns. Um, so, yeah. Kel- but again, I mean, I'm like, he had 13. I was kind of expecting like 14 or 15 quality great games from Kelsey. It didn't feel like. There was one or two weeks that I remember that he didn't have really good games, but yeah, I'm surprised that he even had four poor games the entire season. Like he was a machine. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, so I mean, uh, going into next year though, really quickly, are you are you in? Uh, he's 33, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm with you. I don't know. How many I mean, are we going to bite that ball? going to be a first-round pick again. Yeah, I just if can't. If going to take it. him in the first round, this past year was the year to do it. I will say I do think that I do think that Kansas City, you know, it was as fun as it was for them to average 7.8 yards per pass. Um, I do think they don't want to do that anymore. 
No. Um, so I, I would imagine that they're going to go get, if they don't think Tony or Sky Moore is the guy, I think they're going to go get one. Um, so the question is, who is it? Uh, and like the, all the guys that I would imagine, like Bengals aren't trading T against the Chiefs because that's like straight competition. Um, you know, I heard Devontae uh, Adams rumors that he might be on his way out. Oh my gosh. Um, like he's not going to the Chiefs. That's intra-division. So like that's not going to happen. The only guy that I could see that was like established that the Chiefs could actually get would be somebody in the opposite conference and that would be DeAndre Hopkins, which I, does that really, I mean, it moves the needle, but like if something like that were to happen, just. To they say, did just win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to like do anything crazy. Yeah, they, they might not, but like Hop is cheap. That's true. So it's like they could they could go out and get him, but if they do, then I'm regressing on Travis Kelsey and moving back. Yeah. Unless so what they, if they just run it back? If they run it back, I still don't want to draft Travis Kelsey in the first round. But if he's available late second, early third, I might take a pop. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, the third round for sure, I would take a pop. And that's when we would get burned because we jumped in too late. Right. The the <laughs> year if you take him this year, I guarantee you he's tearing his ACL. Yeah. Or if I take him. Oh my god, how badly that they don't get a receiver. Travis Kelsey goes down like the Chiefs, man. What yikes. Yeah. But anyway, um, um the second guy that we have on this list is uh George Kittle. Um he had fifty three percent quality great performances, five great, three quality, seven poor performances. This is Kittle, par for the course, like yeah. at this point in his career, like he he either has really big games or he doesn't. So yeah, he's, he's the, uh, you know, we talk about like those guys like Mike Williams, mm-hmm. um, at receiver Gabe Davis's, although he's more just, he more just sucks, mm-hmm. but the guy, the guys that get like six points and then 25 sort of thing. Yeah. He's like that for tight ends. Yeah. He'll get, he'll have five point weeks, four point weeks. And the next week he'll get like 25, 30. That's crazy. Um, you know, it's funny though. The, the guy who's really second on this list is not George Kittle. No, he's not second on the last year's standings. That's Do you know who's second? Was that Mark Andrew? No. Taysom Hill. On the season. On the season. And I will say, I think, you know, half PPR does play a part because he doesn't have any catches. It's all like rushing and touchdowns I... and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was second with um, 10 quality or great games. So there is another factor with Taysom Hill that was involved in this, and I we'll see if it continues happening because I don't know what the Saints' plan is for quarterback. Like, you know, do they? Yeah, he played quarterback for a little bit. He would he would play he played quarterback for a minute. And he's tight end eligible because he switched to tight end. They would throw him in there at quarterback at times. Have their deep ball, and he would either throw a deep ball or something would happen, or there would be times where he would do design quarterback runs, and that yep. is a factor with Taysom Hill. Now, right now, I think his ECR for next season in terms of rankings is, is 16 or 17. He finished so. out, I mean, in terms of total fantasy points and PPR, he was tight end eight. Um, So it's not like, and tight end nine if you include week 18. That's insane. I don't think he gets, well, he might get drafted, but he's not going to be drafted as like a, a starting tight end. I don't think you had to this year. You had to pick your spots with Taysom because he did have those bus yeah. games. Like, obviously, he's not a tight end. Uh, I mean, he's a tight end, but he's not a tight end. 
He's right. like he's not going to become Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Mark Andrews or T.J. Hawkinson or whatever. No. He's not going to become those guys. But the he's one old. the one thing that he does provide is is you know there will be weeks where maybe the starting quarterback goes down and they got to go to the backup. In that instance, Taysom Hill becomes a really good play because he provides right. rushing upside. They're probably going to give him the ball on the ground and and use him with those designed runs. And when that happens, it's going to benefit. Uh, your fantasy team when it happens. But I think he's no, like, even though he had 10 quality or great performances, I don't think he's any more than streamable. Like, no. I don't think oh, yeah, yeah, for on, sure. on a week-to-week basis, even though the consistency says, oh, well, maybe you could have. Um, I just don't think it's, I don't. Like, you would have had to pick your spots with him. And yes. He, he had nine total touchdowns, too. Like, the games that he didn't get a touchdown, he was worthless. Yeah, so... Uh, just keep an eye out on him. Um, another guy that I wanted to mention that was a little bit lower on the list was Zach Ertz with 60%. Um, he had six quality games, zero great games. Um, so he was always scoring like six to 11 fantasy points. Yeah, but, he was actually really good. Yeah, he was good He's... from time to time. He just got he got hurt um, yeah. in the season. I don't know where things are going to go with him with Arizona. I think he tore his ACL too, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. And he's 32. That's kind of like... So I, I don't want to say a career ender, but yeah, that could be it. It could be it. Yeah. So, um, and then another guy, let me see. I thought I saw somebody interesting. Um, don't make me bring up your, uh, your King there with 35%. No, get the frick out of here, bro. Talking about his consistency. It's PP, yeah, I, I will say, I will say, um, when he got traded to the Vikings, Oh yeah, he was um, great. The efficiency was not like efficiency on the, the lines was not great. And there would be weeks where they were throwing the ball a lot. And there would be weeks that they wouldn't throw it to him at yeah. all. When he went to the Vikings, he was getting nine, 10 targets a week. Yeah. Um, and right. it was consistent. And so I right. think this is one where the PPR numbers would flip. Um, it would for sure. He had, cause those games that you, that in the, when he was with the lions in the beginning of the year, when he was getting like eight point weeks yeah, in half PPR, it's probably like six. Yes. which would be considered a poor performance. So, you know, that would kind of, but to me, it's like, if he was around seven points, I was happy. Um, and I took right. that and it ended up being great on the season for him. He's going to be a top four tight end at this point, but yep. um, those PPR performances are huge. Like when he gets targeted that much, I will say the efficiency wasn't great with Minnesota. Um, Like if you go back and you look at his efficiency numbers, like he was catching touchdowns at times and stuff like that. But like there were games where he would catch like six passes for like 40 yards. And I was like, Hmm, I don't like that. Right. So, um, I do like Hawk. I think as far as a like target, sheer target share goes, like he's going to like put up some numbers, um, just based on that and PPR. But um, you know, 35% of the time, you know, having a quality or great performance and happy PR and in standard leagues is not great. No, uh, <laughs> not really. I'm surprised Kyle Pitts is even at 30%. I know. Um, he had seven bust games. So 70% of the time he was just straight busting. Um, and like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Kyle Pitts at this point. Like tight ends always take three to four years. Uh, dude, I'm telling season. you, it's a developing take. But I'm gonna be all in on Kyle Pitts this year, and that might all be that, in. that could because be. of how bad he was. It so makes this me is like this him. is the big thing is that the, the Kyle Pitts people, and right now Kyle Pitts ECR, I believe is is you know early rankings at this point. Let me pull, let me don't pull don't up. give this to me. I think it's top five. Um, 
which you know that's a that's a kick in the lower extremities you know a little bit uh, yeah Kyle Pitts top five right now so the hard part with Kyle Pitts is balancing the excitement with the ADP and where he ends up going. I, my hope is that in August he ends up like a Hawkinson like player where he's, you know, drafted around pick se- around 7 to 9. Yes, that's where that's where I'm kind of was hoping. But and Rick and I are always on the same wavelength with fantasy football for a freaking reason. So, um we will be battling in the 7th round for Kyle. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, depends on the quarterback too, like um that yeah i will say like what happens what happens let's just pay theoretical you know one team that's been connected to uh a one lamar jackson the atlanta falcons and if he goes to atlanta do you know who he's held up for a very long time at the wide receiver a a tight end position mr mark andrews oh and does that happen to kyle pitts who i think is more of a freak athlete don't get me started so that if that happens though kyle pitts Pitts is going to be a top three tight end in fantasy football yeah, like I would, automatically. I would, I would definitely expect him to be a top three tight end. But he's burned people so badly at this point. Exactly, that's that what I love about it. Could it could push him down. It could push him down. So let's see, let's see. But he sucked. Um, Mark, he, ha- he did suck. Yeah, Mark sure. Andrews was right around the same area with forty percent. Um, he, um, when Lamar went down, he was like worthless. Yeah, he was basically worthless. That that was all. Which makes me nervous too if Lamar goes. Like Mark Andrews is dead. We'll see who the the Ravens' replacement is, but maybe Terry Carr. <laughs> oh boy, he's just waiting. The real solution. They wanted Joe Flacco all along. <laughs> yeah, they wanted the next Flacco. They were Derek like, Carr. Oh, the GM drafted Lamar. What the hell is going on here? Uh, I was talking to my. This is terrible. But I was talking to my dad on Sunday, and uh, he's not a Mac Jones guy. He's like, he's like out. Anti Mac. Yeah, he's anti Mac. You know, you, you do you know don't do your due diligence on things, and you know, uh, like yeah, some of it's on Mac, but it doesn't help that a defensive coordinator was calling the plays. And uh, anyway, so um, I brought up Lamar. Uh huh. I said, listen, like I I would get rid of Mac for another guy. Like if Lamar Jackson became available, I I do that. Uh huh. And he was like, no, don't want Lamar Jackson. Quarterback snob. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that a quarterback snob? Because he's top 10. I don't know. Is he top 10 anymore? I don't know. I don't know. But I still would take him over Mac. What was his reasoning? Uh, he just doesn't uh, like running quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it was the running quarterback deal. Which is funny because, funny. like, that was so true, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Or not, I would say, like, more like maybe, like, 15 years ago. Right. But now, like, who's not a running quarterback outside of? Yeah, I mean, I think like like Herbert, some would consider like, oh, he runs, but like, no, he's a pocket passer. Yeah, I think Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes is a but pocket those guys can all too. still move. Like Herbert can move. Yeah, they all can move. They just stand in the pocket and throw the ball. That's the thing. Right. It's like the difference right. between that and what I do Lamar, a threat. Though. I love it. Like, if I could trade Justin Fields for Mac Jones, I'd do it in a second. Like, I, 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 what oh, Justin Fields I mean, can hey, do. Who I knows love if it. the Bears, if the Bears take a quarterback first overall, I'd be first in line. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Trade Mac to uh, the trade Mac to the Raiders. Yeah. He got me so heated that I said, "Oh, I hope, did you see that I report?" Mac gets traded to the to the Raiders, and then he lights it up. That was an Albert Breer's report when he was talking about how some, I don't know which one was it that he had reported. Um, yeah. Let me see. Let me pull it up. I think he was talking about 
uh, oh yeah, when he said that he doesn't, Bill doesn't, uh, Bill didn't appreciate the way that Mac handled stuff last year. There's a way yeah. Bill thinks a franchise quarterback should conduct himself. Yep. Um, yeah, all that all stuff. Yeah. In that same crazy. report, he mentioned the Raiders would be probably very interested in Mac Jones if he became available. Um, he won't. <laughs> Bill Bill might leak that information, but Robert Kraft is going to be like, uh, yeah, Kraft, Kraft, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Dallas Goddard was around fifty percent. Darren Waller was forty four percent. That's better than I um, thought because he had a bad yeah, year. He had a bad year. Um, Pat Fryermuth, I Moose. think this guy, this guy, he only he didn't have any great games. He just <laughs> had a bunch of one great game. <laughs> he just had a bunch of really quality games. He was hey, okay. I'll take that he though. Was mid. For a tight end, um, I like of, it. I like I like where Pittsburgh's going. I like. Um, I don't know where we're gonna be next year with Kenny Pickett, but I think there's some promising signs there. They have some good receivers, and I think Muth is a great red zone target. I think he's a good tight end for the future. So I would I would keep an eye on him in fantasy yeah, football. I he's like actually like. I would say this year, in terms of like my breakout tight ends that I'm gonna have to draft later in the draft that I like. Hopefully Kyle Pitts is in that conversation, but if I have to take a Pitts light, it's going to be Pat Fryermuth um, because yeah. I think there's good signs for him. Um, and Joku and Joku is a joke. Whoa, um, whoa! He's old. And Joku's a joke. I don't. I don't I'm not in. Well, he was My tight favorite. end. He was tight end eleven. I would. I would. I would rag him games. for busting fifty-seven percent of the time. But I points like per game, he was sixth among tight ends. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So I'm just saying. And you said he's old? No, he's not old. He's he's like 27. 26. And if Deshaun Watson, bro, I'm I'm the opposite, bro. I'm all in on it. Deshaun Joker. Watson blow. Stop. But if he does, he blew last year. If and he does, still had good games. Yeah, that's true. Well, how many of them were because of Jacoby Brissett? Some of them. <laughs> just all of them. He had he had one or two good games with, with Watson. I think we'll see. Now that actually, now that you say it, it's not it's not a bad like late round draft, but I would say that's Pat Fryermuth light. <laughs> yeah, I would rather Fryermuth than a jerk. Um, Cole Komet yeah. had some okay games this year. He was like, he came on and then he had, he busted. So I, I want to see where that goes. Yeah, he was really up and down. down. Um, he was thirty five percent. Any other tight ends you want to hit on? Do you think Evan Ingram is going to be no. if they bring him back? Because he's a free agent, but if they bring him back to Jacksonville, I think he's a low end tight end one in okay. Jacksonville and that's about it. I don't yeah. think he I don't think he can get past eight. Yeah, I agree. And plus Calvin Ridley's there now, so Yeah. So I, I actually think the ECR has him at ten right now. I think that's probably a good spot. I actually probably would take Cole Komet over him and Dalton Schultz and even Dawson Knox maybe. Yeah. So, yeah that's fair. Um maybe then, not Knox. Ooh, I just know I think I'd Dolce. I think I'd stop you at Knox. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know? He was Gabe Davis blows. So uh might as well go with man. The Bills really don't have anybody besides Stefan Diggs. I know they're gonna, they're going to do something this offseason. Like, I don't know what it if is. If Stefan but... Diggs went down, you you'd have to run the ball with Devin Singletary and throw throw it to Gabe uh, Davis. I think I think they're gonna be the team that gets Odell. Now you can say that doesn't matter because he's old and washed, yeah, it but really doesn't matter. I that would be my bet on where Odell lands would be the Bills. Um, the last guy I was going to talk about, he actually had a decent rookie season this year. Probably one of the only tight ends that did well as a rookie, and that was Greg Dolchich from Denver. Um, Better than McBride. I'm trying to think back to the days. 
um, the olden days with Sean Payton and um, and Drew Jimmy Graham, bro. Jimmy Graham, yeah, that's a fair point. So maybe that's a good thing offensively Ooh, for Denver. And, there's your and sleeper tight end. There's a sleeper tight end, deep sleeper, but I like it. Um, I do like um, Okwankwu. I think he's great. I think he's very fast, but I don't think Tennessee will ever use him. <laughs> yeah. So. At best, he's like Janu. Yeah, at best. So there's some tight ends. Interesting, interesting stuff. It's been a it's been a good a good two weeks of consistency content, and I'm kind of glad it's over. We got rankings coming up. Whoa! Running backs next week. I love it. Top Uh-oh. ten. Top ten. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.